Welcome back to another episode of Useless Degrees. I'm your host, Anthony Rastigue, and now that we're friends, you may call me Tony. Today, my guest is Morgan Robb. Morgan is a marketer living in the Boston area with her very own podcast, Rob Your 20s, a show that contemplates whether or not your 20s are the best times of your life. Today, we're going to talk about the post-grad life and how you can go about making your 20s a good time. Now let's get started. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Morgan. How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Can I call you Tony? Are we officially friends? I think we are. So definitely go right ahead. <laughs> so let's get right, right into it. So you started your blog while you were in college, and it seemed to have transitioned well and followed you into where you are today. So let's hear a little bit on how you were able to get that started. Yeah. I studied at Suffolk University, which is located in the heart of downtown Boston. So I basically spent four years just living in the heart of the city, which was a, a total change for me. I studied marketing, which is based out of our business school. And a requirement for all of our students is a creativity and innovations course, but that ranges wildly. So there were like tens of choices to make and kind of overwhelming. Um, and I ended up choosing a course called Literary Citizenship. And the, the point of it was sort of all about being more conscious as a reader, as a creator, as some would say, for the, I put air quotes up for all of our listeners. And so we took different paths. We read a lot of um, small published novels. So learning, you know, how to find books that aren't Amazon bestsellers and, and things like that and supporting smaller writers um, that may not have the voice that New York Times bestsellers might have. And in part of doing that, our professor really wanted us to work on sharing our own thoughts. So basically the semester long project was starting a blog and we had to write every week about the same topic. So it couldn't just be, you know, what was on your mind that week. You needed to pick a theme at the beginning of the semester and run with it. And I essentially chose myself in a weird way as I just was struggling with the concept that here we are freshmen in college, 18 year olds, like technically legally adults, but also I had like no clue of what I wanted out of life. I had no clue like who I who I was yet. So it, I chose the topic called, I essentially called it new adults of like, how do we navigate this? What is life today? What are the challenges that myself and my peers are facing? And I just fell in love with the process of blogging and putting my thoughts down for others to read. And I got such incredible feedback that it just turned into such a passion for me. And that's interesting how they only wanted you to have one topic to run with throughout that mm -hmm. semester too. I'd imagine like the thought process going into what it is you were going to create must have been pretty complicated. Yeah, it was. It was really hard at first because I was like, what is something that's going to keep going on every week? And, you know, I had classmates, some chose because we were in Boston, people chose like to visit a new tea stop every week. Week. Some chose to um, just explore different parts of the city. Some also chose to write about things that they were experiencing. There was lots of sports blogs and things like that, which makes sense because there's always content there. But I wanted it to be a little bit more personal. And my professor actually like forced me to broaden it a little bit, but I essentially landed on it because of the like personal conundrum I was having of like, what the heck was the point of my life right now? And that's interesting that you were talking about that while in college too, as opposed to being on the other side in the post-grad life. So it seems right. like you almost kind of got a head start on this idea that maybe your 20s aren't all that it's cracked up to be. And so that leads me yeah. to my next question. Now that you're a few years into the post-grad world now, what do you make of it so far? Like, how's it been going for you? It's a great question. And of course, like 
COVID has a huge caveat on that. I've basically spent half of my post-grad experience in like a normal world and half in a COVID world. I would say that the first like six months post-grad are just like a very rude awakening. It's not as fun as you think it's going to be. You know, there's all of these responsibilities you have to think about even beyond just working, which is of course an adjustment for anyone, but you just sort of come out of college on this high, you know, you achieve something huge. Um, you have all this celebration and it just comes crashing down really hard where you're not seeing your friends every day. You are not seeing people that are like there to support you and, you know, make sure that you're okay or make sure that you are getting what you need out of an experience. You're just sort of thrown into the thick of it and left to fend for yourself almost. For me, immediately, I started my job two days after I graduated college, which I do not recommend to anyone, like take a break, take a vacation. But it felt normal to me. I had I had, had internships every summer in college. So it felt just like, okay, I'm going to go to work every day. It's going to be fine. But the fall is when it really hit me. Um, I like moved out. I had been living with my best friends and I, I moved so that my commute was easier. It was just weird, you know, still going to work every day instead of going to see my friends every day. It was a big change. Oh, absolutely. What fascinates me is that you had a unique mix of both experiences. Like you mentioned earlier, you had the postgrad life prior to COVID, and then mm -hmm. you're currently living the postgrad life in the midst of COVID, which is a whole different story in that of itself. It seems like the initial adjustment is always very difficult with people after they graduate. Yeah. Do you think it's more so the departure from that fun and social atmosphere, or maybe more so on the aspect of fitting into an unfamiliar environment? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. And I do think it kind of depends on, on the person and what your experiences were like in college. You know, adjusting to a work life situation is kind of different than adjusting like back to school each year, just because there's no real end in sight. You know, this is kind of your day to day every day from now until we can retire, which we hopefully we all can at some point. So it's that change if you're in a very new environment. However, it's an end of something big. And they I think that colleges and institutions do a good job of like preparing you mentally for the start of something, but you're never really prepared for the end of basically all you've known. If you are the traditional college student, you have known nothing but school for 16, 17 years. Um, and that's a challenge to reckon with that it's now over and you will never be like that again. You're exactly right when you mention that in the fall time is when it really hits you too, because mm -hmm. once summer is over, you almost kind of feel like it's time to get right back into the swing of things, register for classes and all that, yeah. only to realize that you're not a part of that anymore. So you make right. a really good point on that. And there are many factors that can easily induce anxiety, such as living on your own in a whole different city or performing well at that first job or meeting new yeah. people that share similar interests as yourself. I, I would like to ask, what do you think is the mm -hmm. biggest struggle that you have faced and you think many others are facing? Personally, for me, the biggest struggle has been the like personal meeting people side of things. I didn't move. I went to school in Boston. I'm still in the area. I still see a lot of my college friends and even friends I grew up with. But making friends as an adult is extremely difficult. Um, you know, I have work friends, um, but even then, then I'm still one of the youngest at my company and not by much. I'm, I didn't go into an industry where everyone's like 40 years older than me. 
However, you don't have the opportunity to constantly meet new people, especially in a COVID world, which is where I've kind of found myself leaning a lot more on virtual relationships and being involved in like different groups or trying to attend different like virtual events and trying to expand my knowledge in ways that, you know, I I would be maybe attending an event or going to a lecture of some sort in the city if I were, or if the world were normal. Um, But you don't have those opportunities. And I feel like those opportunities are still very present. However, it can be harder to motivate yourself to go to those things now when you could instead just turn on Netflix. Um, So I've been trying to motivate myself to still put myself out there, which is challenging in any time, um, but especially in this hyper intense world we're in right now where everything is, you know, on a screen, you don't have a break. Um, It's definitely been challenging. And the virtual networking is a whole different thing that I was never prepared for. I've always been, as you mentioned, used to just going out frequently and meeting people on an Mm -hmm. organic level. Instead, we're kind of forced to put ourselves out there in a very unique way. It almost kind of seems like COVID really gave us an opportunity to figure Mm -hmm. out what we can do for ourselves and put ourselves out there. So is that why you ended up starting the podcast? Has that been a good way to get your name out there and network a little bit? Yeah, it definitely has. Um, It's also been really a creative outlet for me. Um, I wouldn't describe myself as a creative person. However, um, I was always someone who like loved talking to people um, throughout my college experience. I loved getting to know people and connecting with people on so many different levels. And I definitely felt that loss when I graduated. I um, work at a small company, so I have an incredible coworkers. However, my circle is limited to 20 and I have clients. So I spend most of the day talking to them and that is not very personal. It's, it's just extremely business focused. Um, so I was kind of missing that really deep human connection that I had in college. I actually had a podcast previous to Rob Your 20s that I was running with a friend and former coworker, and it it sort of fizzled out when COVID hit. So I had been grappling with the idea of going out on my own, going with a topic that was really personal and more important to me and felt like it was um, a little bit more valuable in this time of, again, figuring out how we're all navigating just life as it is and what that's like for each individual person. It is very different. Um, So I decided to like revamp my blog to be around the same topic, just be about where we are now rather than being 18 year olds. We're in our 20s and to then also take that same topic into a podcast series where I'm talking to people with unique experiences who can share about their struggles, about how they're overcoming some of the things that we're never really prepared to face in life, whether that be career changes, loss, struggling with identities, things like that. Yeah. And the best part is realizing that you're not alone and especially being on a podcast and everything that that broadcasts a lot of ideas and knowledge to a demographic that is all kind of in the same boat here. It just makes the content all the more engaging and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it it is very difficult to meet people outside of work and like still have time for yourself. I mean, you're working throughout the day and you want to be pretty close with your coworkers and everything, but there just comes a time where you need to focus on yourself and you kind of need to shut out a few people people and essentially just do what you personally want to do. So I I like that. So you had a job right when you following your graduation. And so was that a big weight off your shoulders? Or was there more work related pressure and expectations to worry about? 
it was a huge weight off my shoulders. Um, I'm an extremely anxious person. So the thought of, you know, not having an income immediately and knowing I had bills to pay was daunting to say the least. And I'm also not someone that does well in idleness. I need to stay busy. I need something to do. So I was dreading, you know, not having that and like crawling and scraping my way towards an opportunity. So having a job secured about a month and a half before I graduated was extremely uplifting for me. And it took a lot of pressure off of myself. I will say though, that I feel fortunate that that work-related pressure didn't come immediately for me. I I entered um, my field into an entry-level role that allowed me to learn and grow at the pace that I was ready for. And I now have a lot of work-related pressure. However, I feel like it's more warranted now. um, And it comes at a time that you know, that's all I'm focused on is my career or my job rather than um, my own identity and that changing world. And that's fantastic that they were able to provide you with resources to help you feel like you're not just being thrown into the ocean without knowing mm-hmm. how to swim or anything. It was a good entry level fit for you. Do you think that college helped you out in preparation for that role? Or do you think it was more so the internships that you took on? I act- I do think that college helped me for my role. And I think my internships and experiences gave me technical skills that college didn't that I did do use in my day-to-day job. Um, I will say that technical skills are something that I think colleges lack for a lot of majors, degree programs. And by technical skills, I really mean experience using tools, online resources, things that in a day-to-day job you're going to use all the time. And specifically speaking to marketing, these are like different platforms such as like email programs, Google Analytics, software tools that basically in college I had no knowledge and no experience using, um, which I do think is a miss on their part. However, I have found that a lot of companies understand that about entry-level people, they're not going to have experience with those types of tools um, and they're prepared to teach you for that. What my, my college experience gave me most importantly is my communication abilities and the ability to like learn and retain information so that, you know, when I am learning a new tool on the fly, it's not something that takes weeks or months, it takes hours or days. So even though it wasn't the specific things I needed to know, um, it did give me the ability to learn those things as I go on. I totally agree. It was more so the theory of best practices that they would love to Mm -hmm. preach throughout college. I mean, I also work in a marketing job too, Mm -hmm. and I only had one semester that was focused on digital marketing and only spent a a month learning what paid search even was. And so then after I graduated and started my entry-level role, I mean, they put us through like a two-week or two-month-long boot camp, essentially Mm -hmm. each day showing us exactly what programs we use and best practices for everything that you're going to do. It's totally different. It almost kind of made me realize like how not so much useless, but how unproductive college was in that specific regard. But there are a lot of like outlying, outlying uh, factors that you learn and pick up along along as well in college. And so I'm curious, do you still keep in touch with anybody from college? Yeah, yeah, I have some really, really close friends that I keep in touch with from college. Also, one of the best parts about um, going to school in a city is that we all basically had permanent roots laid down. By the time we graduated, we were all in apartments, very few people up and fled, where I know that from other friends um, and people I know that 
in other environments, people after graduation kind of frolic away and go in different directions. Whereas I found that wasn't necessarily the case immediately. And I also do still have great connections with faculty, um, some of my mentors um, at Suffolk that have, you know, still being in the area is super helpful to have around, you know, if I ever had a question, if I ever was looking for a different role, I would have people to go to. That's, that's fantastic that you're able to keep in touch and everything. Do you think that it was best for you to stick around Boston? Or do you wish you would have been another one of your friends that kind of fled and moved on elsewhere? That's a great question. And one that I do often struggle with these days, um, as I'm like closer to putting down roots and, and staying in the area a little bit longer. No part of me is mad that I'm still in Boston. This is felt like this does feel like my home has felt like my home for a long time. I love the area. I'm also from New England. So my, my family's here. And I think that would be harder than anything for me to pick up and leave would be to be far away from them right now. It's very easy, only a few hours drive for me to see uh, my family, which is very important to me. I think as a marketer, there may one day be a time where I look back and I'm like, why didn't I go to New York? However, Boston is an awesome city. I have so many great connections here. And it, I also don't feel like I'm done here. I feel like there's still more for me to get out of the city, to get out of the area, that it's not like eating me alive that I'm still here. So you see, you see yourself sticking around Boston in the long run, or do you anticipate a move in the future? I definitely see myself sticking around Boston for the long run, though I will never rule anything out. I think if I got an awesome opportunity or one day was just decided that this wasn't the area for me that I wouldn't be upset to leave. Yeah, and it's fascinating seeing a lot of people on social media kind of move into a new city and try to make sure that all of their followers are well aware that they're living their absolute best lives. It, it's mm -hmm. fascinating. You never realize like, maybe it is best if I just kind of stick where I am right now and maybe kind of put off a big move like that too. I also noticed that people don't usually stick around that city for too long. I mean, at least from what right. I've seen, a lot of people like to eventually move back elsewhere or just essentially take a different route just because, you know, maybe California isn't for them or maybe that they're just not right. a fan of the South or something like that. So it, it's fascinating to see mm -hmm. people get so worked up and all excited about going into a whole different environment only to be disappointed. Yeah, no, I, I totally feel that and feel the same way. I think for me too is I, so I grew up in Connecticut, which is just, there's like nothing, you know, it's, it's all suburban middle-class America. So to me in general, Boston is that city. However, it's a city with such a hometown feel that I, you know, if you want to just see people, you know, see things, you know, you can do that. Or if you wanted a completely new experience, experience to see something you haven't seen before, you also have that opportunity. So I do feel being here, I have like the best of both worlds in that sense. And do you ever reach a point where you realize that you got to close the yearbook, maybe stop reminiscing about the past and work on what happens next? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that that just goes back to, you know, we're talking about the fall after graduation. So I, my, I was involved in Student Government Association when I was in college, and I served as the student body president my senior year. So therefore, I think even more than most people, I had such a connection to my university, to my campus, to my peers, to the people I worked with, meaning like faculty, staff, and administration. So walking away from that was really hard, not because I felt like 
college was going to be the best years of my life. And I wanted to hang on to that time, but because I felt like these people were so amazing to work with, they gave me so much and it's just over. Um, that was the hard part to grapple with. But I think as time goes on, you just have to force yourself to move on and recognize like those experiences that I had and those experiences I had with those people are totally valid and they they were a great time in my life. However, my life has to go on and I have to not just be thinking about these people all the time, not wanting to see these people all the time. And, And their jobs are to also move on and to work with different students and to do the same thing every year. And it's totally fine that I am not at those events every year and that I'm not at every event and that I'm not as involved as an alum as I was as a student. And I don't owe it to anyone to still be showing up and doing all of those things. And you you mentioned involvement as an alum, and that really fascinates me too, because do you ever see people that visit the alma mater a little too often? Like it almost kind of seems like they just can't let go of the past and they just can't seem to find much enjoyment in their in their life outside of college. But once they're back in that environment, they're able to thrive. Have you noticed people that do similar things like that? Yeah, I absolutely have. And to be honest, it just makes me feel sad for those people. And I I noticed the same thing about people I grew up with too, with high school in a similar sense is now that they're out of college and a pandemic hit, so they're back at home. It's sort of like they were thrown back into being a 17 year old, which, you know, we're all in extreme circumstances right now. But I think that, you know, growing up means just that you're supposed to grow up and move on. You're these things in our lives are are meant to end. We're not meant to be in college forever. We're not meant to only see the same people we grew up with. We are we should be having new experiences, new people. We should be trying new things and um, pushing ourselves beyond just what we know. And um, it it can be hard to do that. I think though that people would really benefit um, if they would allow themselves to do things outside of what they've always known. Yeah, you make a good point on that. Do you think there's some sort of underlying insecurity, perhaps, you know, they just seem to get more enjoyment out of an area that they're familiar with, almost kind of like a comfort zone, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I'm, I'm a queen of the comfort zone. I, like I said, a very anxious person. So if something I know is going to be challenging to me, or is going to be a little scary, I might rather not do it. However, I've also learned that nothing grows in the comfort zone. You are going to stay exactly as you are, where you are. It's just not where the grass is watered and you need to push yourself to be able to reach new bounds. Let's go ahead and talk about the theme that encompasses your show, which is the year or the decade involving your 20s. So why do you think the older generation likes to say that your 20s are the best years of your life? It's a great question. Um, I think it's for, and it, it depends, and it really, I think, depends on each individual person or, you know, what you want for yourself. But your 20s, I think, are meant to be a time where you are, you can be carefree, but you're building a foundation. And I, I realized that with COVID, I feel extremely grateful Not that a pandemic at all is a good thing. However, I'm very glad that I'm going through it at this point in my life. The only person I have to worry about is myself. You know, I I can see friends when I feel safe to do it. Um, I'm still able to see my boyfriend and we're still able to grow as a couple and do the things that we want to do. So I'm not stuck at home with a child. I very luckily have not lost my job. I have a career that's very easy to work from home. Um, So I feel like this time 
for most people in your 20s allows you to do the things you want to do without like major repercussions. Um, You know, before your 20s, you kind of have to, especially within our society, some sort of degree or education is expected of people. So pre-2021 for most people, it's all about finishing school, learning as much as you can at a young age. And then your 20s is supposed to be about using that time, but also embracing your youth where you may not yet be married, you may not yet have kids, you may not yet have things like a mortgage or car payments. Most people probably have student loans, but if you have student loans, a job and rent, then you can still likely afford to go out on the weekends. And I think that is what a lot of people would be, would wish that they could have back is a time where you can afford what you need to afford and still be able to have fun. Right. It's almost kind of like one last feeling of being free, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious to know what are your plans or visions to make your 20s a good time? So even though I just talked about, you know, going out and having fun, um, that's really not who I am. I am like not a club person. I'm not a party person. So COVID really has not like cramped my style that much. I don't mind sitting at home and and watching TV. I do think that for the rest of my 20s, I really want to learn as much as I can, grow as much as I can, and just try new things. I think that this is a time and such a strange time in our world where we can become better people, we can learn new things, we can still have fun. Um, I can, you know, go out to dinner with your friends, hang out outside if you can. So I think for me, it's just going to be making the most of what I can and letting myself enjoy my time but not holding myself to a standard. And um, that standard may be career expectations, um, fun expectations. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, letting go of society's view on success or fun or not those things and, and just standards and letting myself trust myself and enjoy what I want to enjoy. That's fantastic to hear. And do you have any advice for people that are taking on their 20s as we speak? Yeah, I think it. I think the most important thing you need to learn in your 20s is really who you are. Um, and I think that a lot of people going into their 20s don't quite have their full identity solidified. So it's important to learn what is most important to you, what drives you, what are going to be the things that make you want to get out of bed on mornings when you may not want to. And then also, what is going to be the most important thing to you beyond this fun time in our lives? You know, do is it important for you to have an amazing career? Is it important for you to only work four days a week and be able to drink and party the other three? And that's perfectly fine too. Or is it going to be that you have a family and you have a house and, and things like that? So I encourage everybody to not put themselves into a box but to allow themselves to just know what's important to them and adhere by those rules rather than what they think other rules may be. That's some great advice. I'd love to hear it. And so my final bonus question to you is, what do you personally think is the most useless college degree? Oh, that's a tough one. Mm. Well, I don't want to like piss anyone off or upset anybody, but I've always thought it's, and I, of course, our world has changed where, you know, a bachelor's degree is not worth what it was 20 years ago, which sucks. However, I do think it's extremely unfortunate that there are fields where you cannot get a job with one college degree that you have to have two. This is going to be the business major in me, but I'm going to say English. Interesting. Why do you say that? 
Um, I think just because it's so broad, you know, on paper, what necessarily did you learn in an English degree? Was it writing? Was it reading? Was it? Yeah, reading, interpreting. Right. You know, um, I just feel like it's something that should be a little bit more defined. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can people go to find out more about you and your work? Yeah, they can head to at Rob Your 20s. That's two B's, R-O-B-B, your 20s um, on Instagram or robyour20s.com. Thanks again so much for being on the show today and best of luck to you in the future. Thank you so much for having me. My guest today was Morgan Rob. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and subscribe and share with your friends and family. If you haven't already, go follow our Instagram account at useless.degrees and go like our Facebook page useless degrees podcast. Thanks again so much for listening. And I look forward to entertaining you all on the next episode.